All right, so today's uh, scripture readings are going to be from 1 John chapter 2, 28 through 29, and also chapter 3, 1 through 3. So 1 John 2, 28 through 3, 3. On page 906, if you're using the Bible. Okay. 906. So we're going to start with uh, <clears throat> the end of chapter 2 there. John's kind of going into something new here. So it says, Now little children... Remain in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not draw back from Him in shame at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness also has been born of Him. So John is getting into, again, into abiding in Christ. Okay, But, he puts a caveat here of so that we will not be ashamed when we meet him. So there's a couple scenarios you can go through in your mind when you start thinking about stuff like that. One would be the obvious that somebody dies or Christ comes and they don't know him at all. Um, I imagine that there would be a lot of shame in that, perhaps some fear, things like that. But what John is talking about here is somebody who knows Christ but is ashamed. Okay? So this is something a little differently. Somebody who knows Christ but is still living worldly, still living to the flesh. Somebody who is living an unfruitful life most likely for them to be ashamed like this. They did not abide as well as they could have, basically. <clears throat> now Paul references this as well. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 3.15, where he says, If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet only as through fire. So, based on what they're saying here, and I, I don't think it's wrong to put it like this. Maybe it is, but there's a fine line between barely saved and almost. There appears to be a fine line there. You know, we don't want that mindset as we go through life of how little can we do, or even though it's not earning our salvation, but how little we can do for the faith, um, how far... Away can we walk from Christ and yet still be in Him? We don't want that mindset. Because the fact of the matter is that if you were to die today and you think that you would be, you think that you would be ashamed at meeting Christ, you should be ashamed now then. That is the, that is the fact of it. Because there's no difference between now and then in what you're doing. <clears throat> So how can we be prepared? How can we have that confidence that John is talking about here? He says that we can abide in Him. 
We can abide in the faith. We can recognize and live in the biblical truths that we talk about every Sunday when we come here and meet, that hopefully you're reading about during the week on your own time with God, that you pray about with God, that we would follow His examples, and that we would live in Him. Because the fact of the matter is we can, we can know this Bible in and out. We can pray all day long. But you're never going to outgrow the need to abide in Jesus Christ. That is always going to be there. There's nobody so righteous that they're not going to need that. Jesus talks about this Himself. He says it in John 14, uh, 23. Where Jesus answered and said to him, and he said, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. So this isn't just something that John speaks of, this is something that Christ spoke of, hence why John is talking about it. <clears throat> Jesus wants us to follow him, and he wants us to be in his word. Wants us to be in prayer with Him so that we can have that close relationship with God. If you think about any of those things that, we just, that I just mentioned, it's hard to just do one and not the others. You need all of them to have a close relationship with God. There's a, uh, there's a passage in Ephesians that talks about this as well that I wanted to bring up. It's... Um, Ephesians 3.17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Why why do I bring that up? Um, Obviously it talks about the dwelling in the heart, but the word for dwell there is an old Greek word. I didn't even try to put it on my paper because I can't pronounce it. But, it's an old Greek word, and it, when it talks about dwelling, abiding, it's talking about a permanent dwelling. It's not talking about a temporary thing. That's what that word was generally used for. So it's saying that Christ is going to permanently dwell in our hearts in that passage there. So if He's permanently dwelling in us, the obviously the reciprocal would be that we dwell in Christ as well. Not just when it's convenient, not just when we need something, or when we've had a, a quick blessing. We are to dwell in Him permanently as well. Because what if Jesus come back tomorrow? Or what if you die today? John is talking here, If that happens, are you going to be ashamed before your Lord? If you're not, fantastic. And it has nothing to do with me. It's all between you and God. So that is who you have to worry about here, whether or not you will be ashamed before Jesus Christ when you meet Him. Because we don't know when we're going to meet Him. To meet Him in five minutes, I could drop dead of a heart attack right now. Although my cardiologist says, supposedly I won't. So, what of the righteousness, though, that he talks about in this passage as well? He says, what did he say there? He said, but if you know 
that he is righteous. You know that everyone who practices righteousness also has been born of him. Talks again of being born again. Always the scriptures are talking about being born again. Having that new disposition against sin and practicing righteousness. Because as we've said before, it's a bad sign if somebody says that they are born again and they live in deliberate sin instead of practicing what is righteous. Now, we say practice because we're not going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. That's just our nature. But we practice it because we abide in Christ. So God is righteous, so we try to resemble Him in that we practice the righteousness that we have received from Christ. That's the irony that we practice righteousness that we can never fully achieve, yet we have been given righteousness in Jesus Christ already. <clears throat> so why is John bringing this up in this chapter? Well, in the, in the rest of the chapter, which we already had covered, he talked of three things that kind of play into this, where he says, in, uh, he says that we are to know Him. That was in John 2.4. In 2.6, he says that we are abiding in Him. And in 2.9, all from the same chapter, says that we're being in the light. The one who says that he is in the light and yet hates his brother or sister is in darkness, right? <clears throat> if these things are true, if we are holding to all of those three things, he is saying that you will practice righteousness. Especially in how we look to God and how we treat other people. <clears throat> so, let's go to uh, the rest of the, our verses today, which is John 3, 1-3. So, verse 1, where it says, See how great a love the Father has given us, that we, should, we would be called children of God. And in fact, we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. <clears throat> So like I said, we have been talking of being born again. We talked about that again because John brought it up again. But now, he is saying that because you have been born again, you are children of God. Okay? Children of God. But he says that this has been given to us. That means it's a one-sided thing. We didn't earn anything. We didn't do anything to deserve this. God has given us this. Charles Spurgeon says something on this that I thought was really good. He says, and uh, he's uh, using the words from the uh, King James Version, which it starts in that one. It says, behold. Okay, that's how that verse starts in there. It says, behold means that God wants to see this love, and He is not ashamed to show it to us. There He says, you poor people that love Me, you sick people, you unknown, you obscure people, without any talent. I have published it before heaven and earth and made the angels know it, that you are my children. And I am not ashamed of you. I glory in the fact that I have taken you for my sons and daughters. <clears throat> so we haven't just been saved. That's the point that John is saying here. You haven't just been saved been given salvation, 
God could have stopped right there. He could have just said, all right, I'm not going to send you to hell. I'm not going to send you to the lake of fire. He could have ended it right there, and we would have been happy with it, I would assume. But he went farther and made us children of God upon belief. So he gave us more, even more. He just keeps giving. So remember that. Don't fall into that thinking where a lot of times people will say that we are just regaining what Adam lost. We are regaining what Adam lost, but we gain that much more in becoming actual children of God. So for this reason, the world does not know us because it didn't know Him. If you're born again, you're not of the world, and the world will not know you. And every time, you can see this, every time a church or a person tries to show that they can be a little worldly, it always ends badly. It always ends with the church going downhill or with the person going downhill. So if we adhere to what Christ is telling us, we're going to be treated accordingly. We have it good in the nation that we're in because we were largely founded on Christianity. But that seems to be rapidly changing, and you'll know it. Just remember that for a time, the world loved Jesus too, and then they crucified Him. Okay? That is the same world that did that. So we are not to be of the world, and why would you want to be? I mean, there's some crazy things going on nowadays. If you look at the stuff that they're preaching to the children, to the adults, I mean, we can get into all these topics, and we have. We did a lot of that during June, during the Pride Month. All of that stuff is of the world. The love of money, as much as we need it to survive, the love of it is of the world. I was just talking to somebody the other day about this, and they, we were saying, I was saying that there's a certain point that you would think you would be content with what God has given you. And of course, the worldly person's response to that is, well, aren't you supposed to always want more and more? Always be getting a little bit more? That's a little bit of a worldly thought there. God has given you what you need. <clears throat> Let's go to verse 2 here. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I can thoroughly go through that verse, because there's parts of that that... I don't think that anybody truly knows, like for perhaps the part of seeing him just as he is, what exactly that entails. I mean, there's probably a lot of different viewpoints on that. So, But what would it be like to be like him, to see him as he is? <clears throat> it's very clear in Scripture, at least I think it's very clear in Scripture, I could be wrong, that we don't know exactly what we will be like when we receive the glory that God has for us. There are indications, there are hints, but it's not 
a perfect picture for us to know yet. Basically, we don't know until we meet him. Yeah. Yeah. I look at that as if, uh, you know, when we die, we will not look as if we look right now. You know, you get a glorified body, obviously. Exactly. You're in the testimonies. But, like, when I look at it, because we'll see him as he is, mm-hmm. we'll understand who he is. Mm-hmm. He is God manifested in the flesh. Yeah. No man has seen God unless he died. And I think when we step into the presence, we'll be able to see God as he is. Right. The Trinity and unity. And I think that, like, I can't tell you what that is, but I think you just try to wrap your head around that. It's pretty crazy. I think it's going to be mind-blowing. The bodies cannot stand the holiness of God. No. And so we're going to be stepping into that our spiritual glorified bodies and stepping into the presence. Because now, because of what Christ fulfilled, he sits at the right hand of the throne, we now have, when we die, we're in the presence of God in our glorified body. We now have the ability to step into the holy of holies mm-hmm. to be in the presence of God. And I think that's where that's where this is kind of going. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that. Right. You know, to be in the presence of Almighty God, who created everything in you and knows mm-hmm. everything about you and everything, you know, like it's just to put some fear of the Lord in the sense, though. When you think it's back to the like look at the way that Moses responded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Mo- Moses was terrified. Yeah, I Moses mean, was terrified at the glory of God. And I think you, you know, you go into Revelation at the beginning of Revelation when John encountered Christ. What happened to him? He fell to his knees as mm-hmm. he's dead. You know, because just I think just the power of God just mm-hmm. crushed him. Yep. He just kind of looked up. You know, it was just overwhelming. And I think it's going to be pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And there is something, like you, like you talked about, of our glorified bodies. There is a perfection that we are going to achieve, not achieve, we are going to be given by God that we can't even hardly imagine. <clears throat> So, you won't be <laughs> no, no, yeah, you won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I always kind of find these passages to be really sobering because they are pointing us or getting us to think about what happens after we're gone from here. When we move on beyond the veil, um, a lot of times when we think of heaven, and I'm, I'm guilty of this just as everybody is. But a lot of times when we think of heaven, we think of loved ones that we lost. Um, we think of, of brothers and sisters in the faith that have died a thousand years before us, right? I mean, there's a lot of people of the faith that have gone before us. You know, we think about, or at least I think about, the way that Revelation talks about heaven looking about the angels that are just surrounding the throne and praising God day and night. But the, I think it's important to remember those things, as important as they are, as things that we do think about, those don't make heaven heaven. At least not to me. In, I mean, when you get to heaven, you are in the eternal presence of the Lord. That's what makes heaven heaven. And uh, I'm glad Ryan didn't get into that description because I was just about to get into it. (laughs) So when John did talk about Christ, we will see Christ. Christ ascended with a physical body. He's there with a body now. That resurrected body, and John describes Him. And it's not the same person 
that was walking the earth. He has been changed. On that resurrection, he was changed. Revelation 13, uh, 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, 13 through 17, gives a good description of what to expect when you see Christ. It says, And in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to the, to the feet, and wrapped around the chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of, a, a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been heated to a glow in a furnace. That part always gets me right there. His feet are bronzed from being in the glory of the Father. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. And just as Ryan spoke of earlier, when John saw him, he says, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. So that is heaven, to be with Jesus Christ, to be with the Father, to be with the Holy Spirit there. That is what heaven is. The other things are just a plus. So, <clears throat> got one verse left and we'll probably end early here, which I guess that happens sometimes. So, everyone who has this is verse 3, and everyone who has this hope set on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So the main emphasis of that verse is to be is to be set on him, to be set on Christ. That is the emphasis here. That is what we are to use, that anticipation to remind us that we need to always be ready, that we need to always abide in Jesus Christ. That we should want to. Whether Jesus is coming back or whether you are going to go to Him first. Either way, we must abide in Christ that we are ready that, so we will not be ashamed. Because like I said, we don't know our time. We absolutely don't. I could live another 40 years. I could live another 5 years, another 10 minutes. That's just the reality of living on this earth. Christ could come back in 30 seconds. <laughs> but that's why we have to be ready that's why we have to have that steadfast faith that's why speaking and preaching the gospel is so important because there are other people that we should want to join us as well I'm going to read that from John except I'm going to start at verse 14 through 16 there in John 3, 14-16. I think those are important to add, those earlier verses. And it says, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish and have eternal life, but have eternal life. <clears throat> That's why abiding in Him is so important. That's why spreading the message is so important. Because not everybody is abiding. 
That's the reality of our world. But our hope is set on Him and Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. That Alpha and Omega that Revelation talks about, the Creator, because Jesus Christ is mankind's only hope for salvation.